0: Well, warm greeting to everyone here this morning, to those online, to those watching on Facebook, to the podcast, which is going to go out a little bit later. Uh, We live in interesting times. We live in fascinating times. I think uh, there are a few of you here who were alive during the the First World, uh, not the First World War, sorry, (laughs) the the Second World War. There are a few, but uh, most of us have lived... And in the most amazing time in uh, to be alive. A time in which uh, medicine has increased and poverty has, has decreased. And it's probably most uh, people would say that uh, this is the best time in the world ever to have been born. In terms of uh, just having so much stuff. And I know sometimes it doesn't look like that. But we live we live, in, and we live in a beautiful time, but in a time in which is, there's some uncertainty. In fact, lots of anxiety and stress and pressure. And if we have a look at last week, John Alcock uh, came from England and he was sharing. And I just want to, if you've got your little newsletters with you, uh, just have a look at that. Uh, he asked us to focus in on uh, what are we looking at? What are we directing our attention to? What are you seeing as you wake up in the morning? What are you seeing? What is the first thing that is coming across your mindset, your eyes? What is, what is, what is uh, are you on uh, social media? Are you on Facebook? Are you on uh, looking at the news and seeing what's happening? Or are you fixed on Jesus? And that was his message to us. And it's as relevant this week as it is going to be next week and the week after that we have to fix our eyes and our attention on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Particularly in these times. And uh, as I look in Luke chapter 21 verse uh, 34... And we have a look at this, this scripture as the end of uh, Jesus' ministry and he's foretelling the destruction of the temple. He's foretelling the, of wars and persecutions and, and uh, the coming of the Son of Man. And if you look at uh, Matthew 24, there talks about plagues and pestilences and that is the world in which we live in. And Jesus did not leave us alone. He actually sent us. His Holy Spirit. He didn't leave us as orphans. And so we are not alone. Jesus came to dwell with us and amongst us. But in this verse and in Luke chapter 21, we see and there will be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars and the earth. Distress of the nations in perplexity because of the roaring of the seas and the waves. People fainting with fear. And with foreboding of what is coming on the world. People fainting with fear and anxiety and foreboding for what is coming on the, on, on the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, straighten up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Raise your heads. Look up. Look up to see your king, to see the king of glory. Last week when John was sharing and talking about the snakes, remember the snakes were biting the Israelites in the desert. And what was the one thing they had to do to be healed? They had to look up to the brazen serpent. We have to look up to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is on the throne. He's still ruling and reigning. Even though sometimes it feels that, it, that, that it's not, that's not happening. I want to turn to, I think it's Psalm uh, Psalm 11. get there in a few seconds if the foundations are destroyed and in one of the other translations it says if the foundations of this world if the, if the government if law and order fails if the foundations fail if everything uh, becomes topsy and you don't know what to do. If, there's, if uh, there's no righteousness and no law and order in the land. What are you to do? We as the righteous of God. What are we to do? What are you to do? And the next verse says, the Lord is holy. Is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes see His eyelids test the children of man. And we've sung many songs this morning. We've uh, sung songs of which have declared that our God reigns, that our God is is, 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 is seated on his throne. Where is Jesus at this moment? He's seated in heavenly places. He's not panicking. He's he's seated. He's resting. He's resting. He's rested in heaven. In, in, on, on the seat. When I, when, I, when I sit, I don't do any work. I just sit and relax. He's rested. And He wants you and I to be seated in Him. And that's what the Scripture says about you and I. You and I are seated in Him. where in heavenly places above all this stuff. So God rules and God reigns if you turn to the end of the book, the end of the book in Revelations, we just have and we see quite a, a story unfolding and it's quite hard to understand, but what we do see is we see a God, our God who rules and reigns. Our God has got it all. And we know at the end of the day, we win. The Lord triumphs. And so we need to... Have that in our hearts. We need this word to rest in our hearts. I've been so excited during this week that uh, as I have been spending time in the scriptures in the Word, I've got more and more excited. We had a prayer meeting with the two Ann's on Friday morning, and we were praying, and we just got so excited by the scriptures that we were like kind of we were invincible, and we are invincible in the in the scriptures as we let the Word of God richly dwell in our hearts. Psalm 27 verse, verse 5. What does he say? For he will hide me in his shelter. In the day of trouble, he will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. Isn't that just a beautiful scripture? And there's, wherever you go, wherever you turn, there are those scriptures which will speak to you. If you let the Holy Spirit just let, let them sink in your, in your, into your heart from your head. We know all these scriptures. But suddenly now in, the, in our hour of trial and the tribulation and in the, in the stuff, it's suddenly now becoming a reality. And it needs to be a reality. So last week I read a psalm. I read Psalm 91. And I want us to read that psalm again. I'm going to ask Mary Ellen to come to the front. And I'm going to ask her to read that psalm. Let it, as she's reading it, let it just wash over your soul again and i want you again this week to read it every day numbers of time let it let it become a part of us
1: those who live in the shelter of the most high will find rest in the shadow of the almighty this i declare about the lord he alone is my refuge And my place of safety. He is my God. And I trust him. For he will rescue me from every trap. And protect. He will rescue you. Sorry. From every trap. And protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. And he will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrows that fly in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the most high your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. I just want to read that part again. If you make the most high your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. For he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. But you will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them, and I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation.
0: What a beautiful scripture it just speaks in this time. it gives us hope so there are if if we look in this uh, in this scripture it 's a covenant scripture it 's a scripture in which There are amazing promises. The promises of God are just so incredible to you you and I who love Him. And there there are there are a few conditions to this to this uh, to this song. And the first condition is found in the first verse: He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shelter, in the shadow of the Almighty. Verse 9 says, because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, these are the promises that are going to follow you. Verse uh, 14 says, because he holds fast to me in love, I will. And he says what he's going to do. So there are a few things that you and I have to do to appropriate these these promises, to make these promises our, 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 our own. And the first thing is to dwell in him. That's it said in verse 1 and, and in verse 9. And then we are called to love Him. Because it's as we love Him that these promises unfold. And it's such a beautiful thing that, that, that He first loved us. That you, you and I sitting here were once in darkness. We were once at enmity with God. We were once uh, lost. But in His great love... While we were enemies, He came and He died for us. Not only did He die for us, we died with Him on the cross. And not only did did we die with Him, but He gave us a new spirit, a new heart, a new love. And so you and I, as we have a new love, we have the love of Christ dwelling in us. It says in Romans somewhere that the Holy Spirit uh, has shed abroad the love of God in our hearts. So we have love. And the first call of our love is to love our God with all our heart, with all, our, with all our, uh, our mind, with all our spirit, with everything we've got. We call to love Him. We call to worship Him. We call to just you know, be completely overwhelmed by Him. And as we love Him and as we are overwhelmed by His greatness, all these promises become true. So these foundations, these are the foundations on which we, you and I, need to build our lives. Let me read verse 1 again. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Verse 2, I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust just in looking at uh, Spurgeon and what he had to say about this scripture. And this is what he he said about these two verses. The blessings here, I promised, are not for all believers, but for those who live in close fellowship with God. Every child of God looks towards the inner sanctuary and to the mercy seat. Yet all do not dwell in the most holy place. They run to it at times and occasionally... I lost my place. And occasionally enjoy, occasional approaches. But they do not habitually reside in the mysterious presence. Those who through rich grace obtain unusual and continuous communion with God... So as to abide in Christ and Christ in them, become possessors of a rare, of rare and special benefits, which are missed from those who follow from afar off and grieve the Holy Spirit. It's quite fierce that. This Spurgeon is one of the greatest preachers of, of all time. It's quite, quite, it was quite sobering. As I read that, I thought, oh no, it's for all of us. But really, it is saying is. As you look at the scripture and as we unpack the scripture, he who dwells, what does dwell mean? Dwell doesn't mean that you occasionally go to a place. I go occasionally to to the Drakensberg and to the mountains and and, and have a a little bit of time there. I would love to dwell there permanently. I'd love to be that my home, my habitation. But uh, I'm called to dwell. You and I are called to dwell where? In in, in, in in God. You are called to dwell in His shelter. Under His covering. And so, again, this word dwell means to abide. To live in, to remain. And when we think of... Uh, Uh, John chapter 15, that if you abide in me, I will abide in you. There's that whole beautiful passage of Scripture where it talks about you and I abiding in Jesus and Jesus in us. And it's a profound mystery. But it's true. As you and I abide in Him and and, and walk with Him and talk with Him and, and, and have fellowship with Him, we become inhabitants of the holy place. If you remember, we've been doing a little bit of a series on the blood. And it was only uh, occasionally, once a year, that the high priest could go into the Holy of Holies. We live in such beautiful times. We can inhabit the Holy of Holies every time. In fact, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Christ dwells in us. The Holy Spirit dwells in us. The uh, The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead From the dead dwells in you and I. And we need to be excited by that. And it also means to dwell means to sit down. Which we've already talked about. We sit down in God. We rest in Him. Isn't that a beautiful thought? Isn't that a life-changing thought? Isn't that a life-changing idea? And it's the truth. It's the truth of God. And so you and I are called to abide in in His presence. To walk in Him. To be lost in Him. Because that's when we will, we will be, we will be uh, hidden. That's when we will be protected. That's when we are, are safe. We are safe in the presence of God. The safest place to be is in the will of God and the presence of God in your life. I know there's an old story of somebody who was living in England. I can't remember the exact dates, but it might have been in the 70s. And they thought this England was a terrible place to live and Europe was going down the tubes. And so they looked at the map of the world and they looked and they scoured it and thought, where can I escape from the trouble and from all this stuff and too many people? And they decided that they would go to an island off Argentina called the Falklands. And no sooner had they arrived in, 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 in the Falklands when uh, Argentina and England had a bit of a war going on in the Falkland Islands. The safest place you and I are, uh, can find is to be in the presence of God, in His shelter. And so I want to, I want to abide, and I been, have been abiding particularly even more so in this week. It's amazing how sometimes uh, tough things push you more into God. And that's why we, we need to be pushed more into God. And so, that's our challenge, beloved. That's our challenge in the weeks and months ahead. If we are to be a people who bring hope, who bring life, who bring Jesus, then we need to be lost in Him. I was reading a, a story, and I, I mean, a lot of the stuff has been on Facebook, on social medias, But it it talked about the plague, and the plague uh, visited uh, Geneva five times during Calvin's ministry. During the first outbreak in 1542, just reading, Calvin personally led visitations into plague-infested homes, knowing that, that this effort likely carried a death sentence. The city fathers intervened to stop him because of their conviction That his leadership was indispensable. The the pastors continued this historic effort under Calvin's guidance. And they recounted the joy of multiple conversions. Many pastors lost their lives in this cause. Unknown to many, Calvin privately continued his own pastoral care in Geneva. And when the believers died... He preached poignant funerals, at, at poignant funeral homilies with passion and personal concern. That was the plague in 1562, 1542. And sometimes we think, well, this is unique. Yes, it's unique to our generation. It's unique to my generation. But are we going to be... Caught up in fear. Are we going to be caught up in anxiety? Or are we going to look up? Are we going to trust the Lord? And that's why I just love to come to worship. And I know there's 20 or 30 of us. And, and, and I'm not sure what the government is going to say next this week. This week whether we'll be able to have 20 or 30 meeting. But just we'll keep you informed. We'll put it out on SMS on WhatsApp. And, and let you know what, what we can do. But we called... First and foremost, to walk with our King. I'm not sure how much I'm going to get through today, but just uh, maybe uh, one or two more thoughts. Verse 2. We're going to get to verse 2. It's really good. For He will deliver you... No, no, verse 1. Uh, for verse 2, yeah, sorry. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. So there is a declaration that you and I need to make. We need to wake up every morning and this is the declaration that we need to make. We need to say, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. A great few words to start off life, to start off the morning. And maybe repeat that. Time and time again throughout the day. Particularly as you see anxiety maybe rising up in you. You might be getting a bit worried. You've heard a, 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 a different thought. A post has been on the, on the internet or something. And suddenly you, you're getting ang- anxious. The, the, the scripture says do not be anxious for anything. Don't be anxious for nothing. Don't, don't, don't be anxious. But in all, your, in all your prayers just make them known to God. Make them known to God. So I want you to, I want you to shout out this, these words off to me. I want you to shout out to your Lord, to your Savior, to your God, my refuge. and my fortress. My God, in whom I trust. Let's say it again, my refuge, my fortress, my God. In whom I trust. Wow. Wow. What beautiful words. What amazing words. Let's trust him. Verse 14. We'll go to the end and we'll end with that. Because he holds fast to me in love. Because he holds fast to me in love. We have a gathering here. We have a gathering of people who love. We have a gathering online of a people who love Jesus. And my prayer is that he would increase our love for him. That as we see who he really is, as we see him as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, as the one who has got us, as the one who sends his angels to care for us, to guard our ways, as the one who is in control, as the one who is worth our worship. He is the lone, the one who is worthy of our worship. As we encounter that, as we encounter Jesus, that our lives would be transformed and we would love him more and more. As we understand, we're coming to uh, the Easter and we're coming to the cross and we see what he did for us. That we would have no other alternative but to fall on our faces and worship him. And when we love him, this is the promises. Take hold of these promises this week. I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls on me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy, satisfy him and show him my salvation. There's a lot that God is going to do in those scriptures. I always highlight and use a pencil and circle words in my in my Bible. And I've highlighted the I wills in that. This is what God promises to do to you and I this week. And there are I will, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will. There's 6 or 7 promises that are mentioned just in those few verses. And they are amazing promises. They are promises which mean we go out into this world, into this day with hope. Because Jesus rules. And with and these are them. I will deliver, I will protect. I will answer. I will be with you. I will rescue you. I will honor you. I will satisfy you. That's an amazing thing. I will satisfy you. That's what God says. Where do we find satisfaction? We find satisfaction only in Jesus. All the other things that we have, and we have a lot, beloved. We are a blessed people. We live in, a, in, in, in some beautiful homes. Many of us live in some really amazing homes and have amazing cars. And, 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 and we are blessed with material possessions. But we only find satisfaction in Him. And Jesus promises that if you love Him, you will be satisfied. You don't have to chase after all the other things. All the other fame, fortune. And I just watch all the, the television programs, the idols and uh, the voice. And, and everybody wants to be famous. They all want, they all want uh, fame and fortune. And, and we just see that that doesn't satisfy. The only thing that satisfies... Is Jesus. And the last words of that psalm is. And I will show him. My salvation. God will show you. His salvation. And it's not just a salvation. To get into heaven. It is that. But it is much more. It's salvation. It's, it's a it's, it's the life of God right here and now, living in 2020, living in Kwan Yusua, living in Gillets, living in, in Embo, living wherever you live. We can see the salvation of God being worked out in our hearts and our lives. And so, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this morning's word. We thank you, Lord, that you are our refuge and you are our fortress. You are our hiding place. We thank you, Lord. And I pray for each of us that in this, in this week, Lord, that we would fall more in love with you. That we would love you. That we would find you when we seek you. And so we rejoice. We say, thank you, Lord. We're going to close with a song. And it's an old hymn. And we're going to sing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Is that the right one? I can ask the worship team to come up. Uh, And then Zulani will close. But uh, as we're singing Holy, Holy, this is the reason that we have a hope. It's because God is holy and God is seated on His throne and He rules and reigns. Thank you, Lord.